Indeed, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Let's Boogie One-on-One show right here on WPVT, y'all. 101.5, we here, baby, on a Saturday morning once again. And you know what? I think I think this is going to be a, an amazing, funny, <laughs> out-of-control episode of the Let's Boogie One-on-One, man. We've got Consuelo, Patricia Pope in the building, Tattletales, the comedian is in the building, and the Wizard Ray C is in the building. And I'm here. My name is Les Boogie, man, and welcome once again to this Saturday morning. A special, special, special Saturday morning because you'll never get another one like this one. That's right. This is the last one that you'll get like this until the next one. And we're here. We're so glad to be here and I hope everybody's good. I just want to say, hey, man, how's everybody doing? How's everybody doing? I want to introduce Consuelo Patricia Pope. Hello, people. Hello, people of positive energy. Well, listen, I am doing absolutely wonderful on this Saturday. I'm so uh, excited to spend uh, from a 10 to 12 with my tribe. And you are my tribe members. If you are listening to us on 101.5 WPVT, then you are definitely part of the tribe. And I'm just happy to be here in the number. And I heard that you said that this is going to be a fabulous, funny show. Well, I got my ticket and I'm ready. <laughs> you know, that's right. Brother Tattletail, welcome back. Welcome oh, yeah. How y'all doing on this Saturday morning? Oh, man. I'm a little tired. Had a lot of running around to do today. I always say I'm feeling bad, but I'm doing good. A lot okay. of trials and tribulations, but I keep on keeping on. Wow. You tired already? It's early in the morning, man. What time do you get up? Man. About five, I don't sleep good at night, man. Oh, you don't sleep good at night, so you stay up all nah. night. Yeah, man, it's, 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 it's horrible, you know. When you are a vampire, you cannot go to sleep. <laughs> I was about to say, I know he's a vampire. I knew this. I knew this for fact. He dressed too, he dressed too fly to be anything other than a vampire. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But the thing is, when they kicking you out that shelter, man, early in the morning, you can get some sleep man. You can I know, man. That's just scary. That's why I got to make sure I'm in that bed at by 10, 30, 11 o'clock. No, you know what happened? He borrows Ray's uh, uh, sunglasses. That helps him. Oh, that's what it is? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. We got the wizard. Mr. Ray Caviano's in the building. What's up, Ray? Well, you see, I took off the sunglasses in the chat, okay? <laughs> <laughs> now, that's my normal uh, uh, intellectual look. You know what I'm saying? I so the wizard, is, the wizard has got jokes, <laughs> got buttons to push, uh, all kinds of switches here. You know, so watch out. You never know. If I pull the curtain back, you you don't want that. No, okay. we want it. We want it because I'm heard that you do the mashed potatoes. Yeah, the turkey oh, chicken yeah. and all that I was saying about. The chicken. What's that? Oh, see, he play, he's playing brand new on us now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the only chicken I know is fried, right? I know that's right. And Les, how are you doing? You know what? I'm fantastic. I'll be honest with you. I'm fantastic. You know, it, it's been a it's been a great summer to this point. I've been uh, you know, going to events. I've I haven't gone out, out, out of the country on a, a formal vacation, but you know what? In New York City, you can vacation right here each and every day. Something is popping off. And I've been there. I've been on the set. I've been I've been doing my entertainment thing. I've been doing my promoter thing. I've been doing my producer thing. And I've been showing up like a celebrity. That's right. Well, you are a celebrity. I don't yeah, know if you, you heard. 
Thank no, you, I don't know man. if you heard. You oh, are a part of a that. show. You are the captain of the ship of <laughs> 101.5WPVT. Yes, indeed. What are you yes, talking yes, about? Yes. You are the celebrity. Hello, somebody. Thank you, Thank you very much. But it's been a it's been a it's been a great, great, great summer thus far. And the weather has been spectacular. Y'all have to admit that. We've had some gorgeous weather here in the Big Apple. Some That's gorgeous true. weather. These these weekends, you know, we do a lot of uh a lot of reunions throughout all the different neighborhoods from Brooklyn to, to the Bronx and Mount Vernon and uh, Queens and, you know, out here in Long Island and Harlem. And, you know, Harlem had a big, big, big weekend of just actually uh, going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harlem Week. Harlem Week just is, is in effect. And they've had some performances out there that's been unbelievable. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. They've had Dougie Fresh. They've had DJ Hollywood, Slick Rick, uh, Drew Hill, uh, Donnell Jones, uh, Kenny Lattimore. There's been so many, so many performances. EMPD, e, uh, EMPD. Yeah, they had them. They had uh, a lot of the old classic hip hop guys, the pioneers. It's just been a, a fun fest full of entertainment all over New York City. And if you're not from New York, well, I feel sorry for you because this is the Mecca, the place <laughs> to be. And it goes down here. You know, the Boogie Down Bronx is the birth of hip hop. That's where it all started. And them cats come back and they put it down. We've had the Persuaders Review, the Delphonics Review, Blue Magic, Old School was in the building. We had, I mean, it's just, and it hasn't stopped yet. Has not stopped yet. Uh, there's a big concert uh, last week on the 21st, a concert in uh, Coney Island. You had Melissa Morgan, Glenn Jones, Jane Eugene from Loose Ends, Alexander O'Neill and Sherelle, Howard Hewitt, all on one stage, killing it in Coney Island, Brooklyn. That's right, y'all. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not advertising. I'm just telling you what we do here in the Big Apple is the place to be. I don't know about any other place. I'd rather be here where it all goes down. <laughs> That's where I'm at. So I'm good. <laughs> Spirit-wise and personal. I'm healthy, I'm happy, I'm grateful, and I'm humbled by the experience, period. Everything is all good. I can't complain. And you know what? And if I was to complain, I wouldn't even be right because it wouldn't be right. I have nothing to complain about. How you doing, uh, Consuelo? How's things going with you? Everything's going good. You know what? I like that energy because, you know, we have to remind ourselves to... It's enough to think positive. I hear that. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But when you really have an attitude of gratitude, it pushes a lot of things forth. Um, On this Sunday, tomorrow, I'll be at our uh, comedy club uh, uh, performing our friend that we actually interviewed not too long ago. There's a comedy club in Harlem, so we'll be there. Um, from three to six, uh, doing a little bit of uh, live music and having a lot of fun. So if you are available on tomorrow, Sunday, you can come through the only uh, Black-owned Harlem uh, uh, Comedy Club, and it's across the street from Applebee's, um, Black-owned, lovely establishment. Look for that Black Gate, and you'll um, be able to enter a world of music and comedy, and I love that part. Um, The other thing that's happening is that... um, I'm working on my weight loss journey. I figured that I probably need to lose about like 10 pounds or 15 pounds. So that's going to be my goal. So I'm going to keep y'all posted. I'm not going to drink water and mind my business, but I am going to drink water. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know you get that from. Yeah. So um, 
that open mic you guys are doing. <laughs> yeah, I'll be there. I'm gonna definitely come through with that. Yeah, it should uh, be it should be fun time. It should yeah, be a really good time. Yeah, yeah, good people. That was Jamie Roberts, the comedian that uh him and his wife own the only black owned comedy club there in Harlem on 117th Street. I believe it's off of First Avenue, if I'm not mistaken. And mm-hmm. it is across the street from Applebee's. So yeah, y'all come on down, man, from three to six. Malika Mona Band of Soul will be in the building. And if you're a great singer, or if you're a singer, if you think you're a great singer, you got some talent, whatever you do, come on down. Come on down. Yeah, we welcome everybody. You're absolutely right. If you're a musician, if you're a singer, if you're a poet, if you're an upcoming singer, and if you feel nervous about singing and you just want to be around some some musician folks, this is definitely the place to be. We're friendly. We don't bite. I mean, sometimes I might bite if I'm hungry, but most days I'm pretty good. And remember, I just said that I'm trying to lose weight, so I won't bite. Ah, but we we uh we're gonna we're gonna monitor you. We're gonna support you on your weight loss, <laughs> and you're gonna check in every week and let us know what time. I am, I am. I'm gonna get on a scale, and y'all gonna know what the deal is, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get rid of this ten this ten pounds of juiciness that has to go. <laughs> I might not have been summer body ready, but I'm gonna be winter ready. <laughs> you go. I feel you. Hey, you ready when you're ready. Right. You know, Hello, somebody. Get in where you fit in. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. That's the day. Now, Brother Tattletail, you got a big date coming up, man. You're back on the circuit. You yeah. What's happening? Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was rescheduled because uh, of the mix up with the club. But uh, the new date, everything is good. Got it all straightened out. It's going to be se- Saturday, September 10th. Saturday, September 10th. Wow. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to uh, rest up, get myself feeling good and, you know, feeling good about myself, looking in the mirror and say, whoo, you look good, boy. You look good. But that's not going to be too hard for you. You always, you always kind of fly there, my brother. You're yeah, he is kind of fly. I agree with you. Uh-huh. You know, I second you know that what? emotion. I, I, thank yeah. you both very much. I thank you both very much. Flatty, we will get you everywhere. Okay. Is that your executive <laughs> voice that you're using right yeah, now? Did yeah. he? Well, is that your executive voice? Uh, no, that's my authoritative voice. Oh. When you want somebody to do something, you know, you say, you mind coming here, please? You know, and they want to make this come to you, you know. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, okay well, thank you for telling me that. I'll use that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let me ask you this. How do you prepare for a show like this? Now you, it's been a minute, you know, um, how do you prepare for this show that you have coming up on September 10th? And where's it going to be at? You got to give us some information. Well, oh, okay. Let's, let's go. Let's go. Yeah, it's, it's going to be at the world famous comic strip. That's on second Avenue between 81st and 82nd streets. And that's sep- Saturday, September 10th. Uh, showtime is 5 p.m. And tickets are only $15, $15. Okay. And always remember the two drink minimum, two item minimum, whatever you whatever you want. Okay. So how do you prepare um, for this? How are you preparing for this? You know, being a comedian, you're always prepared. That's how you prepare. You're always prepared. Okay. You know, when you, when you get on that stage and get on that mic, or the, uh, or the attention is focused on you, you got to turn it on. You got to turn it on. You know, no, no, no matter how you feel, you, you turn it on. That's the, that's, that's the, that's the magic of, you know, 
of being a comedian. You you just turn it on. Okay. So have you written any uh, new jokes? Anything new that you? Oh, uh, I wrote. I, I've I've written a lot of new stuff, man. A lot of new stuff. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, that's gonna that's gonna be interesting, man. It's are you are uh, nervous? Nervous anything, or is it just you know this is what I do. There, there's only one thing that gets me nervous, and that's when I uh, whenever I have these medical points, I'm getting these darn shots. I I can't stand needles. Oh, I'm I'm twitching now. Look at this. Needles and blood work. I, oh man, uh, any, anything else is, is a walk in the park. Okay, walk so in the park. So you ready? You, you ready know? to just go in there and do what you do? I'm ready. You know, yeah. You know, back when I was, you know, when I was that international jewel thief going all through Europe and everything, <laughs> I wasn't nervous about that. Not at all. Not at all. I hear that. I hear that, man. Hey, listen. You know, we're gonna we're gonna segue to Ray, the wizard. You know, he's feeling real good to the uh, it's good to see that he's feeling good. Yeah, Let's yeah. hear from him. What's going on, Wiz? What's happening, Ray? Well, just keeping busy, staying out of trouble, you know, trying to organize some stuff, of uh, some new things in the wings and, and what have you. Uh, contemplating some new situations and, you know, just staying out of trouble, keeping my nose clean and trying to, you know, deal with it accordingly, you know, so. I'm a, I'm a little upbeat. Today I was busy, you know, had some medical issues that I took care of today. That was good. And, uh, you know, just staying out of trouble and, and doing the right thing. You know, that's important. Right, right. Very, that's good. very important. So give us give us a little rundown on, on RC Fresh and Fresh Entertainment. What's, what's going on with our, with our company? Well, you know, you may want to give the rundown for the big event coming, coming up mm -hmm. in the Bronx. Um, uh, at the Co-op City, uh, mm -hmm. that's uh, is it October twenty third? Am October I right? October twenty ninth. October twenty ninth. Right. Uh, we are doing the New York Bronx reunion. That includes the Bronx and all other boroughs in New York. We are doing a reunion, a Scorpio birthday. Uh, party for all Scorpios. We have a live performance by the platinum selling group Allure, all cried out. We have Mr. Peter Wayne, the showstopper, with his new hit. He's got two I Got What You Need and the new one, Music. That's going to be that's going to be amazing. And then we have a party starter, one of the uh, one of the sought after hosts here in New York. His name is Mr. Boogie Black has a song called Blame It on the Henny. Blame It on the Henny. That's why he's going to get the party stuff because he's going to blame <laughs> it on the Henny. And then we've got the baddest live band in the land. Once again, Malika Moe and the Band of Soul, which Miss Consuelo Pope is a part of. So they're going to come They're gonna come out October 29th and yours truly is celebrating his Scorpio birthday. That'd be me, y'all. That'd be me amongst about 10 others. And we're going to be up in Co-op City in the Bronx, New York at a 177 Drives Loop. It's an auditorium venue. And we're going to have about, uh, well, I mean, look, we're looking for everybody, everybody and their mother to come on out because this has not ever happened before. 
So you mean to tell me you're looking for Lottie Dottie and everybody to Lottie join Dottie, them? Everybody and to join us, fabulous lineup. That's and right. not only just that, how so? How do people get tickets? I'm going to be there. I'm well, going to be there. I'm telling you now. There's two ways you can get tickets. There's if you if you know Les Boogie Jones on Facebook, that'd be me once again. You can inbox me personally, and I will make sure that you get a ticket in your hand. If you don't know me or anyone else on the flyers that you see on social media, then just go to eventbrite.com and look up the date, October 29th, the Bronx reunion, and you can purchase your tickets there. Now we have tables and we've been selling a lot of tables. These tables are going to sell out because as we get older, people want to sit down and they want to make sure they got a seat. So they're coming with their whole entourages. It's tables of 10. And there's a discount right now because the tables of 10 are normally $600. What we did, we took away $60 and we discounted it at $540 until September 15th. Individual tickets are $60. What? Check this out. That includes your food, the show, your seat. And then, of course, if you have a birthday, we're going to make sure that you get a table. You can bring your cake. We'll put a bottle of champagne on the table. We're inviting all Scorpios to come out. The show is going to be magnificent. And then we have a dance party that's going on in between the show, before and after. Uh, DJ Breakout, DJ Hands are going to be on the set. So, I mean, this is this is, hasn't been done in years and years and years in the Bronx, New York. Parking will be made available. We'll be giving that information out on social media. So once again, eventbrite.com and just look for October 29th and look for the Bronx reunion. It's the biggest, and it's, and you know what? And the thing about it, it in, in my in my time in the Bronx, and I'm born in the Bronx, there's not been a reunion like this that I that I can remember. So this is going to be one of the biggest, but also the best, because we got great talent, we got great people coming back, mature audience. It's going to be a real, real good time, man. So we're going to have some fun with that. And uh, we have a day coming up on December 10th. We'll, we'll drop that information, Ray. We'll drop that a little later. Right, right. Uh, that's going to be our classic soul event. And I'm talking about classic soul for real. But them cats doing the moves and spinning and, and, and singing them high notes and the falsettos and, 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 and dressing like Tattletail. Yeah, we're going to have all that going on. <laughs> that going on. And then we are coming back June 20th, y'all. 21st. June 20th. I mean, January 21st. Excuse me. January 21st with the Black Classic Movie Brunch and Day Party Series. Nice. Watch yourself now. Watch yourself. We talking about if you've never, ever been to the Black Classic Movie Brunch Day Party Series, well, I'm going to tell you something. You've never seen an event like this. It's the first, the original, and the only. The only brunch like this in the world at this time. We show you a classic film. We bring in an artist from the movie that's actually being played for Q&A. We have entertainment, benders, raffles, birthdays, and a lot of surprises that come with it. Nothing like this. It's a day party from 12 in the afternoon to 7 at night. And I'm going to tell you something. We've we participated in about 15 of these events, and they sell out immediately. And I'm telling the brothers, this is on the low. Yo, listen, listen, this is on the low. <laughs> if you single, if you single and you want to mingle, 
and you scared to talk to women, just come in and sit down. You ain't got to worry about it because that's all that's there. See, if you looking for the next missus or the first missus, or you just want to miss something, <laughs> I can't. you better show up. You better show up to this place because this is where they at. Because women buy tickets, y'all. They come out. The brothers, I don't know, I don't know what I don't know what y'all doing, man. In my day, that's the place to be. We 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 seek well, where's the women? That's where we're going. I don't know what the cats is doing today. Tell tell, I don't know what it is, man. These cats ain't they don't party, man. Yeah, no, man, because all, all these cats is playing paying child support, man. That's what it is. They ain't got no money. <laughs> they, they play, yeah, they they hiding because they ain't paying. <laughs> they ain't not paying, that's for sure. I don't know Shoot. where they at, man. But uh, uh, these women are coming in with two and three at a time, man. Is it four man? I uh, you know I, uh, what? I'm glad that you said that. And I'm just going to remind the brothers that are out there, even if you don't sing and you like to hear somebody sing, I'll be there August 28th, this Sunday at 508 East 117th Street from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. They got food there and they have cocktails. So if you yes. like to feed me, Listen, my diet don't start until next week, right? So if you like to feed me, <laughs> you can. And if you like to buy me a drink, we'll just call it calorie free. How about that? There you go. There you go. That's going to be a great event. Yeah, yeah. So we got, we got a lot of things going on. And then, you know, Tattles is funny. You know, you said September 10th. We're going to we be booked that day. Event. We have an event that day, too, man. Wow. Hmm. We have an event. What's happening that day? We have our annual boat ride, man. The That's right. That's right. Explosion uh, off the nautical mile in Long Island. That's September 10th. Ladies and gentlemen, that, that's almost sold out as we speak. We've got two weeks for that. And it's uh, it's on the Captain Lou. We have food, drinks, fun, you know, entertainment. And it's just going to be in a phenomenal, once again, a phenomenal boat ride on the Long Island Sound. So you can get your tickets as well by contacting me, Les Boogie Jones on Facebook, or you can go to eventbrite.com, look up that date, September 10th, spectacular yacht party, and you can buy your tickets then. But we have a limited number of, uh, not I'm gonna say a limited number of tickets left. Let's put it like that. So if you're hearing this, get your tickets right after you get off the show today, after you listen to us, Go purchase your tickets or listen to us and purchase your tickets through your phone. It can be done. And then also with Tattletale, those in the New York area, support that brother, man. Support that brother. These are these are independent artists that are making things happen. They need support. They need support. And I'm glad that you said that because it's very important that the tribe support one another. Um, we are not limited in terms of uh, our dollars. We're limited in terms of us not being able to support one another. So whatever you can do, whatever you have done, whatever you continue to do as an independent artist, we appreciate you. Even to the fact that you're listening to this show, 
We appreciate you listening and tell other people about this wonderful show. This show is for you. This show is us. This show is reflective of the tribe and what's going on in our community. Uh, and when I say our community, it's the world community. So anybody that's interested in hearing some good conversation, we got you. Anyone that's interested in listening to stories about real musicians and, and uh, real people, we got you. If you need to tickle your funny bone, we got you. If you need to talk about some serious matters, we got you. So continue to listen to us and continue to support us and spread the news. We're here. Spread, spread the news that we're here. Spread the news we're here. You know, it's very important because this show, I listen to it myself and I know, you know, it's our show and of course I'm going to be biased, but this is a great show. Great content. It's, it's loose, it's free, you know, but we also get to the business. Mm-hmm. We also get to the business, you know, so yeah, spread the word. Let's Boogie Show. Let's Boogie One on One. And it's not just me. I have, I have three co hosts. I've got Consuelo Patricia Pope, who you just heard. I got comedian Tattletale. I got the wizard Ray Caviano, uh, who is a, a music, a music impresario and uh, who's done a lot. Who's done a lot. There's a lot of knowledge, not only in the music business or entertainment business, but in life. Yes. Between the four of us. And this is a very informative show. It's it's fun, and we also bring in special guests from a lot of different areas, and we're going to continue to do that. Everybody, stand by as we take a break. Let's put you one on one show on WPVT. You're about to experience the new Let's Boogie One on One show right here on One on One Five WPVT. Catch the fever. Hey, this is Ivory Bell from the group Moment of Truth, and we are listening to the Less Boogie Radio Show on Fever 101.5. This is Melissa Morgan, and I'm listening to the new Less Boogie Radio Show on Fever 101.5. Peace and blessings, everyone. This is Greg Hill from the Dell Phonics Review, and I'm listening to the Less Boogie Radio Show on Fever 101. 01.5 WPVT. Hi, this is Ray Caviano of RFC Fresh Records, and you're listening to the Less Boogie One on One radio show right here on Fever 101.5 WPV. Catch the Fever, Fever 101.5 WPVT. Catch the Fever, Fever 101.5, WPVT. We have we have a gentleman in the house tonight that deserves all of that and a whole lot more. My brother, what's good, man? 
Mr. Leroy Burgess is in the building, y'all. Yes. In the building. Give him a hand, y'all. Yes, uh, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, that's all right. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Wow. Can you hear me? It's okay. Can y'all hear me okay? Yeah, you're good. You are good. You are good, man. So, wow. Right. Red. Mr. Caviano, you, 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 your buddy's in the building. Yes. Hey, Leroy. How are you? Hey. Hey. <laughs> it's like we haven't spoken in a million years, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that this morning? <laughs> Oh. Well, you know, just touching base, you know, uh, being the behind the scenes of, uh, producer of the show, I have to, you know, do my homework, you know, so yeah, yeah, you, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's why they pay me the big bread. You're aware of that, right? You're the producer <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I know. I know that. You know, my reputation precedes me. You realize yeah, that? Too, absolutely. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh. And I have to say I'm a legend in my own mind ahead of my time, but okay. And uh, he well, we, and he raps. There you go. <laughs> rapping and everything. You got to rapping and everything, man. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I, I was reading, you know, your, your discography and your bio and and the narrative. I mean, this is uh we got limited time here, Leroy. You know, I mean, how many projects have you been involved in? Is ridiculous. Fifty-four years and counting. Praise God. Oh, that's beautiful, brother. That is beautiful. Brother. <laughs> that's a long time. It's, Let me first, before we move on, Consuelo yeah. Patricia Pope, Mr. Leroy Burgess. Hello, Mr. Burgess. So lovely to meet you. We are excited <laughs> to have you. I'm excited to get to learn a lot more about you from your mouth. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, I'll try to keep the lies to a minimum. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's very nice to meet you as well. There you go. Thank and you. then you got Brother Tattletail, the comedian right here. Y'all, I think y'all know each other, right? Brother Tattletail. There you go. What's going on, man? How you doing? In my favorite color, blue. That's okay. me all day, all night. There you go. That's what I'm saying. I got, I got, I got on the same thing. You know, I was thinking. I said, you know, that brother's going to come in with some blue on this morning, so I'm going to put some blue on. Too. Nah. <laughs> since, since we got this, you know, this connection going, I'm, I'm in need of some character witnesses because I'm always <laughs> in trouble. And uh, I'm a man. Don't do it. Don't, oh. don't, don't, don't so do it. Oh, man. He don't put himself on a poster. He don't froze and put himself on a poster. Froze up in the middle of your routine. That so sucks. Let's go back to the top. Let's do it again. Great. What'd you say now, brother? Great. I was saying, oh, man. Yeah, definitely, man. You know, this is an honor privilege. There are times I've, you know, you know, brought you and Black Ivory to the stage, but we never actually had a conversation, you right. know. And all back in the day, I, I I remember everybody, you know, walking around her, you and I. I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do it. But you know, that was a thing, man. That was in there. If you had a nice big soft afro afro singing that, um, and the girls loved you. I was so <laughs> jealous of y'all. Hate you. <laughs> I gotta talk to you. It was always a wig. It was for me. It was always the. This is the real me. Yeah, it's all good, brother. It's all good. Hey, you just, Leroy, you just had a birthday, man. We want to say happy birthday to you. Oh God bless you. Yeah, Thank yeah, you that's so that's fantastic, brother. Another year, man. Nine and counting. Praise God. Um, uh, had a wonderful, wonderful, uh, just an understated party at my at my son. Andrew, um, Andrew, Mr. Two O Jackson's house, and uh, he, he and his wife announced the the 
forthcoming birth around in January of their first daughter together. Oh, okay. Congratulations, oh, wow. man. It was a birthday and a birth. Nice. Nice. <laughs> so, so, you know, so um, I'm, I'm very happy. I'm very, very thankful. I got so many messages on Facebook and Instagram. I'm still answering them. I'm doing the best I can, but praise God, I'm here. Yeah, that's great, man. Now, Ray, read read a little bit of, of the brother's history, and then we take it from there, man. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, a short narrative where we just said that he had a birthday born August 20th. Should we say the year, Leroy? I don't, don't know. 53, I'm 69. What the hell? Yeah, and, I, and I'm 70, <laughs> and, I, and I'm 72, but that's that's cool. Uh, known by a, a stage name. Leroy Burgess. I didn't realize Leroy Burgess is your stage name. Leroy Burgess is my stage name. Um, here's the deal. Um, I was born Leroy O'Neill Jackson. Right. Junior. Right. And my dad, Leroy Jackson Senior, he passed away when I was six. Oh, right? oh really? Okay. My mother remarried and uh, she married Morgan Burgess, mm. who is the father that raised me gotcha. and, that, you know, was my father for all intents and purposes from that point on. So uh, when they asked me at Perception Today Records after we were doing we was doing our first record, they said, what do you want your stage name to be? And I, I said, I'd like it to be Leroy Burgess because I always felt like uh, I needed to honor both fathers. I see. Okay. So, that's so uh, it goes on that your stage name is Leroy Burgess. It says, you know, you're categorized as being an American singer a songwriter, keyboard player, recording artist, arranger, and record producer. And uh, you're, you were born in Harlem. They, so they say you've been involved in the genres of R&B, disco, and the like. Uh, you've been on multiple labels. You need a scorecard. You play piano and keyboards, as I understand it. Yep. You were a uh, conductor, arranger, vocalist. You're, you know, I, I believe you were just talking about the, the start of Perception Records, you're a member of Black, was a member of Black Ivory mm -hmm. and the lead vocalist on the majority of their hits in the early 70s. You made your debut with the group, at, as I understand it, in at age 16, correct? Yeah, um, Black Ivory started in 1968. Wow. I was 15 going on 16. We weren't Black Ivory at that time. The name of the group was the Mellow Souls, but you know, that sounds really yeah. cool. Right. Right. Yeah. No, uh, after a minute, Patrick and Sue were on the phone, you know, with the dictionary open, and they came up with the word um, ivory and then added black to the front of it. And it was perfect because uh, you have two brothers who are my shade of my, my, my melanin shade. Yeah. And one brother who is quite lighter than us. Mm -hmm. So again, you get the black and white of the keyboard and all of that and so forth. So it just fit perfectly. Nice. And uh, that became the name um, from 69 on. Okay. Nice. nice. So uh, you were born and grew up in Harlem. Uh, you're one of seven children. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Mm, you yeah. just said that your mother, Myrtle Bell Burgess, she was right. classically trained, uh, as, I, I, as I understand it. Initially was disappointed of your desire to become a musician, right? My mother's voice was the first, probably the first thing that I heard, you know, and acknowledged as a baby. All right. She used to sing around the house, uh, Nat King Cole, Johnny Mathis, yeah, Vaughn, all of that. And she had this just lilting contralto voice. 
So she informs me that um, I practically sang before I started talking, mm. right? Because I could hear the tones and I used to talk in those tones. Um, so yeah, I followed her voice into into the music industry. I see. That I was following. Very nice. Uh, Very nice. Uh, but your Father Morgan Burgess secretly approved and supported your efforts. So, was yeah. there a little difference of opinion there between well, you, you entering funny. the entertainment that's, field? That's a funny story, Ray. Mom, <laughs> although she's the singer and she's the musician, yes, has a real understanding of music. Uh, she also knows the ups and downs and how dirty the business can get and how it can run you around. So, she wanted to spare me that. All right. Mm. You, want to be, you know, moms always wants you to get that steady job. You know, right. the, the post office is hiring. MCA <laughs> is hiring. Get that job, get that pension, so forth and so on. But for me, by that time, music had hit me in such a way that I knew I had to follow it. I had to follow my dream. It was like a calling uh, for me. So I just knew that that's where I had to go. Mm. Now, oh, dad... On the other hand, he was, he's a doctor, an, an orthotic specialist. And um, he, but he was a, 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 what do you call it? A wannabe conga player. <laughs> and him and his brothers used to play Ola Tunje and all of that. They right, had right. official Latin <laughs> congas in the house and they'd get together and get their little drink on and they'd be playing the congas. And, and so he was the one that was like, on the slide behind mom's back, right? Um, saying, you know, Lee, keep following your dream. Keep following, you know, just do what you do. Do mm -hmm. that. Your mother's all right, I'll, I'll handle her. Right, right, right. right. And, <laughs> and so with his encouragement um, uh, verbally and my mother's encouragement musically, because she continued to sing in the choirs, she continued to sing around the house. So I had those two energies just pushing me to be who I became. Ooh. Nice, man. Excellent, brother. Excellent. Uh, so I understand that there's a bloodline with your name that includes uh, members of Cool and the Gang, Phil okay. Composer, producer Tom Bell, singer, yeah. singer Betty Wright. Where does that come into play? Uh, uh, we are all the descendants of a, an enslaved individual by the name of Prince Bell. Really? Right? Wow. This is back in the 18... Early 1800s, 1810, 1820, around then. And um, Betty, Tom Bell, the, the Bell brothers of Kuhn, Bell by Ann brothers of Kuhn, the gang, myself, Jerry Bell, uh, of uh, formerly of New Birth and the leader of Daz Band. Mm. Uh, let's see, Al Bell. Uh, from the, Stacks, yeah. From president of Stacks Records. Uh, let's see, who am I leaving now? Uh, Let's see, Jeff. Oh, Archie Bell. Oh, Archie, Archie Bell Archie. and the Drells. Really? Yeah. Okay. Archie Bell and the Drells? And the Is that yeah. He's my cousin as well. And then other um people who are in the entertainment industry, Judge Mathis is a cousin. Really? Um, wow. Greg Mathis and um Richard Roundtree. Richard Roundtree. Wow. wow. something. So there's a long history here. So I don't want Yeah, yeah. You, you know, I, I what, can you tell us the, the, the beginnings here? Um, well, let's do this. Let's do this. Hold on a second. Let's do this. Let's do this. We're going to okay. do it this way, Leroy, because when we right. bring guests on, this is their time. 
This is their story. We don't want to tell your story. We want you to tell it. So what I want to ask you is this very simply. There's two things that came to mind very quickly. When you talked about the name Black Ivory, Mm -hmm. how did you meet Russell? How did you meet Stewart? How did that start? Let's start there. Okay. Back in, God, 1960, no, was it? It might have been 67, but I think it was 68. Uh, um, I was, you know, that's when your mom sends you out. You know, you're 14 and older, you go out and you start getting that first summer job because mom is like, oh, no, you need to make your own money. You're getting old enough. So the first summer job was at St. Charles Bar Mill Church as a youth counselor. And there I met Larry Newkirk. All right. And one day on lunch, lunch period and everything, all the kids is having lunch. We on the court trying to act like we basketball players. (laughs) Um, And um, the radio's playing. And here I go again by Smokey Robinson comes on Mm. and and Larry starts to sing along with it. And I join in, right? I join in and I'm singing the lead. We both singing the lead, chanting the lead. And next thing I know, I kind of closed my eyes and I kept singing the song. And when I opened my eyes up, there was a little baby ass crowd, (laughs) little baby crowd around me. (laughs) And, and, um, uh, Larry asked me, he said, listen, you got a great voice. Uh, would you consider joining my group now? Mm. I'm, I'm a 15 year old, like looking for the, you know, looking stars in my eyes and stuff. <laughs> so I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, of course. And I went and I met his group, which, which at that time was Larry Newkirk, Vito Ramirez, Michael Harris, and then myself. About two weeks after that, we met Stuart. Stuart lived in Espinar Gardens housing complex um, okay. uh, along with Larry. So they met each other at the pool. And then two weeks, uh, Larry, uh, Larry said, uh, I'd like us to listen to Stuart and see. So we were a five-man group. Oh, okay. We were a five-man group when we went to meet Patrick Adams. Mm. And we first met him over the phone. Patrick was supposed to come over and physically audition the group to Larry's house. But he called up and he said um, he couldn't make it, you know, blah, 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 you know, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, precluded him from making it. And when he called and Larry took the call, I was in the back singing, Can You Remember by the Delphonics singing the lead. And Patrick heard my voice, you know, over the phone. And he said, who is that angelic voice in the back? Wow. And um, Larry said, that's our lead singer, Lee Roy. Burgess, or well, Leroy Jackson at the time. Um, and uh, he said, let me talk to him. So Patrick got on the phone with Patrick. He asked me a bunch of questions about my family and my history and how long I've been singing. Did I play any instruments and so forth? And he gave us an immediate audition date right after that, the following week, because it's like we in school. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Monday through Friday, moms ain't trying to hear it, right? But Saturday and Sunday, we, we went to see him. And uh, that's when he took the group on immediately. But he said, five-man group is too big for him, too many personalities for him to deal with. And Michael, Michael Harris, who wanted to, um, who initially was in the group, he decided to step away because he wanted to go to college and he wanted to focus on that. Mm. Right. So that left a four-man group. Um, And uh, myself, Vito Ramirez, Stuart Bascom and Larry Newkirk was began to do little performances around the neighborhood. 
and uh, stuff like that. And um, uh, around 1960, late 1968, 69, Larry and Vito decided that they wanted to go into their college studies and go to university and stuff. And uh, that just left me and Stuart. However, Larry's brother, Todd Newkirk, had started a group, right? The Shay, um, um, it was called Shades of the Mellow Souls, right? <laughs> following us, right? And um, in that group was their best singer, Russell Patterson. Wow. So we yeah. said, listen, why don't we talk to Russell? And we talked to the group and everything like that and said, Russell, would you be interested in joining us? Russell said, yeah, Russell had this great voice, um, um, just amazing voice. And so that became the trio that you know as Black Ivory. Wow, that, man. Those are the origins. Isn't that something, man? People would never, you know, people just, they, they don't realize where 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 you come from. They think that you just came out of out of the womb like Black <laughs> Ivory. You know yeah, what I'm saying? It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. That's an amazing story. I never knew that, man. Because mm -hmm. I've been a... I mean, look, I'm from New York. We're all from New York, and and Black right. Ivory was our our group because we identified. You know, we identified with the Jackson Five, but they were over there in Indiana. Indiana. Yeah, we had we had Black Ivory right here. You see mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So yeah, man, that that's that's fantastic. The other thing I wanted to add too is okay. So now you form this group. You get with Patrick Adams. What grade of high school are you in now? What grade are you and you guys in? Oh, I was, a, I'm the oldest of the group. So I was uh, a junior getting ready to be a senior. Okay. So now you're in high school, Leroy. Yeah. You got this group, you're doing shows. What <laughs> was the, did you start getting recognized? Like how long did it take for the girls in the school and the guys in the school? Funny to know what you doing? Story. I got you. I got you. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Unbeknownst to myself at the time, Patrick and Patrick Adams and Gene Red were quite close friends. Gene Red is the manager of Cool and the Gang. Now, when Cool and the Gang came out, they were all instrumental group, no vocals at all, just playing instrumental soul, instrumental jams, right? Patrick suggested to Gene, or Gene suggested to Patrick, uh, why don't we premiere the Mellow Souls, you know, and just have them come out and do a couple of songs during these shows y'all are doing. And so Cool and the Gang actually premiered the group before, kind of before we became Black Ivy, when we were still the Mellow Souls. Wow. We did, we would go on their stage and do like two songs, right? In fact, the two songs were Love on a Two-Way Street and Everybody is a Star by Sly Stone. Those were wow. the Okay. And now we're being seen with the Cool and the Gang audiences and they're seeing still with the light skin and three. Yeah, yeah. The three guys and me singing all high and everything. Else. Oh, God, God. So everybody goes crazy. And we begin to get popularity from there. Hmm. That led to Patrick coming to the attention of, of Perception Today Records, who hired Patrick as their AR director. Oh. Patrick was able to get a, a deal out of, out of them to cut a single on his group. Mellow Souls, soon to become Black Ivory, right? Uh, we went to Philly to record that. Now, you, it's funny that you mentioned the school thing. Yeah, we recorded it at Sigma Sound with some of the members of uh, Willie Feaster and the Mighty Magnificence and other members from MFSB. 
Okay. Right? They were our musicians on Don't Turn Around and I Keep Asking You Questions. Um, uh, now you asked about, you mentioned school, right? And I was like, I was mad at school. I was high school. I wasn't, you know, I was just angry. I was intelligent, but I was angry because I couldn't get into music. Right. Oh, okay. All right. They kept throwing me into art and then eventually photography. And I was just pissed about that. Right. <laughs> so I was one of those rebellious students that was never in the class. Right. Where was I? In the auditorium playing the piano. Right. <laughs> so, so that got me in trouble uh, with my parents. Right. And when the don't turn around session came up, right. They banned me from going. They was like, no, you can't go. You can't go to Philly. So mm. what I did was I hatched an elaborate plan, an elaborate plan for 60-year-old, <laughs> right? And, and I said, okay, well, I'm going to tell them that I went to this after-school program that ran late, but I'm actually going to go to Philly and wow. go to court, right? Now, Patrick said, oh, it's only going to take you an hour or two to sing. Yeah, that's uh, y'all sing it real soon. Yeah, y'all know the song. Y'all been practicing it. It'll take it. But never believe that when 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 it comes to recording sessions, because there's always, <laughs> always any amount of stuff that happens that's going to make it drag on. When I got to Philly, they was just cutting the rhythm to the first song. Wow. And they had to cut two songs, right? Finally, they got to both on now at 7 o'clock, 7 p.m., right? School's over at 3 <laughs> Now, 7 p.m., and I'm in Philly, right? Um, oh, and we start to do vocals. Long story short, we didn't get out of there until 11. I didn't get back to New York until 1 a.m. in the morning, Ooh. right? And I was like, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Went to Patrick's house. Patrick put me up at a hotel for the night, right? Next morning, I called my mom. She was, as you could imagine, in tears. I was broken up about it. And I went home and um, uh, I became, I got better at school. I, I pushed up on my schoolwork, you know, <laughs> in the group. And um, um, that's where it all started. Wow. But that's a story a lot of people don't know. That's amazing. That's amazing, man. But you had to follow that. You had to follow your passion, and you had to go. Had yeah, to go. yeah. And that's when my father, my pops, was really like, "I'm not mad at you, because, like, like, like me, he had to follow his dream. He used to be a postman, okay. right, delivering mail, right. But he always dreamed of being a doctor, so he went to night school. And with all of the naysayers saying that, oh, you ain't never gonna make it. You need to just stay at the post office right. and keep doing the post office stuff, right? And he was like, he saw his vision of being a doctor, so he fought for that, and he became that, and became the best orthotic specialist on um on the East Coast. Really? And so that's, that's he saw me, and he saw me follow, trying to follow my dream. So that's when he really pushed up on the support. That's excellent, man. That's excellent. Anybody have a question? Anybody have a question for the brother? Pope. You know, I, I, I'm kind of interested okay, in the fact that you have all these songs in that time period. Don't Turn Around was a major R&B record, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it surprised us um, in terms of how well it was received. You know, I was prepared for it to be like a nominal kind of, you know, off to the side kind of hit. And, and, and uh, the New York station just jumped on it. It was just they loved the record. 
our friends and family heard it and they were just in love with it. And then all of a sudden it's starting to go uh, along the East Coast and D.C., Boston, Washington, Baltimore, um, all of that. They're starting to feel it. And I was surprised that it did so well. From that point, uh, now Perception Today is like, oh, well, we need to give y'all an album deal. Right. Mm. right. right. And, and they gave us an album deal. And the second single on the album, uh, from the album, was my very first composition mm. ever. I wrote it when I was 16 years old. Name of the song is You and I. Right. Oh. I see right. that. Yeah. Okay. Patrick decided he loved the song from the moment he heard it. And we decided to do a seven minute long epic on the album, you know, just just letting it letting the orchestra play, letting me sing, so forth and so on. That was the first Don't Turn Around Black Ivory album. And it's something that I will always be extremely proud of. Right. Nice, so, so wait a minute. You, you so I'm hearing that you know, amongst your sixteen-year-old uh, divine, insane genius plan, you would sneak mm -hmm. away to the auditorium and you would play um, your music. Mm -hmm. Do you still play the the piano, the organ? Right behind me. It's, ah, <laughs> you can't see it, but it's right. Two of them are right here. Yeah, so that's a. <laughs> So that that is still your thing that you do along with singing. You, you you're still a musician. And what yes. I say, because people say, "Are you a musician?" and you say yes. And then some people say, "Are you a singer?" But you are, you are both. Right. I started playing piano when I was four. I started mm. singing when when I was three. Um, and uh, I I just always followed that. I always followed. You know, I was one of those guys with the four fingers. And <laughs> so I learned how to play like this. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, you make a way, you know, and God gives you the strength, and um, that's what it was. Interesting. Nice. Man. So you talk about making a way, you know, Black Ivory apparently, you know, it was kind of R and B oriented from what I am, you know, for the most part. Mm -hmm. Uh but if it, it, is it true to say, Leroy, that you know, at a certain point. Uh, faced tough competition uh, from the rise of disco and it, it at some point proved unable to compete when disco became the dominant musical style. However, now here's when you say make a way, however, Mainline broke through the group's difficulties and creating a major dance hit. What can you tell us about how Mainline came into play and it really broke Black Ivory into the mainstream dance disco market? Okay, so what a record that is. Oh my god. Thank you. Thank you. Um, here's mm -hmm. that story. Um, Black Ivory, as you just described, became typecast. Right. As a slow jam group. All right. Even if we did fast songs on our album, the audience really didn't want to hear it. They always like, oh, we want you to go back to that slow stuff. We don't like that. Y'all need to do fast. Y'all need to sing that slow stuff. It's lovely. We love it. Don't sing nothing else, right? <laughs> now, as the music industry was changing and evolving into dance music and stuff like that, I began to feel that creatively calling to me, right? And saying, you know, so I started suggesting I was the Black Ivy's musical director for most of its years. 
Um, so I was like, we need to do more upsample. We need to, you know, and so forth. And the long story short is that I was met with resistance because they had to feed into what the audience wanted, mm -hmm. right? And that the audience needed Black Ivy to be this, but I couldn't be that. So I actually had to step away from Black Ivy mm. in order to begin to develop with what music was calling me to do, which was to pick up the pace and start picking up that beat, right? Again, I went to Patrick Adams. Patrick put me to work with Benny King's project and uh, Art Webb and stuff like that uh, until we finally came up with the Freak album, right? Oh, on boy. Freak album, on the Freak <laughs> album, I did a song called Weekend. What a record. Larry, Larry LeVan went crazy and nuts over How <laughs> did he? Yeah. <laughs> Just went over and used to play the song for three hours or something like that. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> so now, remember, I'm away from Black Ivy. I've stepped away, and Stuart and Russell are now continuing to perform themselves as Black Ivy, but I'm not there. Right. Fast forward to about the end of 78 into 79. Lenny Adams, Black Ivy's manager, calls me up and says, Leroy, do you have, we're getting ready to cut what was, what was the fourth album, right? Um, no, the fifth album. On Buddha, and we don't have any really hot songs. Do you have anything? And I had uh, three songs, one of which was Mainline, that was just sitting around. I had done demos on it, right? Mm. But it was just sitting around, it wasn't doing it. I was like, all right, okay, you know? <laughs> and so we worked out the terms for me to actually return temporarily to the group in order to co-produce and guide the production of this. I called in Patrick Adams, insisted on him being a part of it, because you can't have the Black Ivory sound without Patrick Adams. It just goes together, right? Wow. Um, Patrick called in some of the best musicians. We had James Calloway on bass, Earl Young. I mean, Earl, yeah, Earl Young on drums and stuff like that. So we had a common- the tramps, yeah. Right. Uh, 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 and so they came in and they did the three tracks and so forth. I guided the background. Russell sang the lead on Mainline from my reference lead that I had done on the demo, right? Yeah. Following exactly what I sang and just, and then stylizing it to be himself, right? And then after the records were recorded, once again, I stepped away. I left, I, I didn't go back. <laughs> I said, I came back to do this for y'all. This is where God was leading me. So let me do this. Here go these songs. Y'all do that. Uh, uh, uh. And then I went and did. Uh, what became conversion log? Oh, let's do it. <laughs> and and working with the Elaine's. And in the meantime, Mainline comes out and praise God for, for all intents and purposes. It's the record, it's the first record that breaks Black Ivy into an up tempo. And all of a sudden, people are like, oh, well, they can, can do great up tempo joints. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're good at that. And, um, mm -hmm. Since then, Mainline has become uh, uh, a mainstay and a classic uh, uh, all across the world. Um, so um, that's that's kind of how that happened. You know, Larry played Larry played that record. It was a national anthem of the garage. Mm -hmm, yeah, yeah. I want to ask you another question too. I want to ask you another question, Leroy. I'll cut you off. Sure. Um, so now. I want. I want to. I want to go back a little bit too. Um, I know we're in the Discord, but I want to go back. You, you're Black Ivory. You're young. 
You're in New York. You're in Harlem, right? Uh-huh. Here again, what was that like in the neighborhood? The reception when you when when you walked out your building, when you came outside, when people saw you and realized in your school or whatever that you guys were actually because I think I heard a couple of things in the past that you guys were actually uh, recording artists, man, at, at a young age. What was that like? Well, um, again, it was a huge, just an enormous blessing, all right, that Harlem embraced us from the jump, all right? They just loved us. Everybody that, that you know, people that knew us and people who didn't, they just loved that. Here's this Harlem group, these three young young gentlemen, and um, uh, they've done this record that's on, I, I, I went out and bought this record, and I don't, I don't buy records like this. And I done went out and bought it, and they Harlem boys. And so walking out into, you know, walking out into the street, and 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 seeing people who who were fans, who were supporters, and stuff like that. And people, oh, Leroy, oh, you know, and you start to be called all kind of places, and everywhere you go, it's oh, that's Leroy. Let me call. Oh, I know him. Let's go old and talk to him. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No and <laughs> so um so it was that was cool for a while but i started to miss anonymity you know the ability ah, to really? walk through the streets and not be bothering nobody you know whatever you do is what you do but when you're home and you just a homebody and you on your block you just want to be able to be go around and not be Sign this autograph in I got a record. Can you wait till I bring my record down from upstairs? And um, <laughs> <laughs> um so uh I I was while I was gratified and, and grateful for the blessing of being well known, uh it started to become a pain in the butt. Wow, I could imagine. <laughs> you know, I could imagine. Started to, you know, and I started wanting to wanting my anonymity back. I, because there's nothing like being able to just go around your neighborhood and just not be bothering nobody and just right. not pull to the side on every time you, you know, oh, I know you, Les Boogie, you know, yeah. you, you Les Boogie, ain't you? So, you, know, <laughs> um, you know, so there's something to be said for anonymity. So, Absolutely. and I wanted to get that back. I didn't have it when Black Ivory was out there because my face was all over the place and so we right. was on TV and all of that stuff. So right. right. Another um, question, yeah. another question too I want to ask you. Um your first time performing at the Apollo Theater. How was that how was that for you, man? I, I was glad we didn't, I didn't I was glad we didn't have to do Emma tonight. Mm. I, I'm glad because Emma tonight audiences are scary. All right. <laughs> and I was always a little, you know, they like to boo everything, you know. So I was a little so the first time we did um amateur um of the Apollo Theater, Don't Turn Around was out. That's right. And and you know, that was when they had like five or six or seven groups on the show, right? And we would come in and perform Don't Turn Around and maybe another song, and that would be it. But the first time I stepped on the Apollo stage, it was as a professional and ah, not amateur. Wow. So wow. So I was I was happy that God spared me that, <laughs> um, you know, of having to be, you know, because I yeah. when I started, I was very, very nervous and tentative and, you know, just I didn't think that people would 
you know, gravitate towards my work and so forth and so on. You know, just like a kid, you know. Yeah. Or you have your doubts and stuff like that. And, you know, you, you know, when you see it working, you don't even believe it half of the time. But, mm. uh, you know, yeah. uh, it was it was wonderful to be able to step onto the Apollo stage for the first time as a professional. Well, that's great, man. That in your own neighborhood too, man. Because I know yeah, you've been I to Apollo and saw other people. Family, we go, I lived on the 143rd and 7th, and the Apollo's right on 125th. That's walking distance, all right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, so um everybody came to that show. Everybody family, my mother got oh my he's gonna be at the Apollo coming up. The, the right, right. You know, <laughs> and um <laughs> No, um, my family was there, and it, it was just, uh, it was really cool. Wow, that's you know, that's you got an amazing story, man. You know, and it, it's it's really, really needs to be. It's all going to be in the book that I'm going to be finishing um, before the end of the year. It's going oh, good. To be, okay, okay. That's yeah, I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm nice. finally doing my autobiography that I've been working on for ten years. Uh, name of it is C sharp or B flat. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, and that's something my mother always wrote on my birthday cards to me. Every every birthday card she gave me, she wow. would C sharp or B flat. And right. uh, not only are they music notes, but they're uh, uh, a mantra to say in life. Either you, you're going to C sharp or you're going to be flat. Wow. Right. And I always got that, and I always thought it was profound. So that's what I call my book. Wow, that's amazing, man. That's amazing. Leroy, who were your two things? Your personal musical Hero. influences. And then secondly, as a group, there were other groups that are older than you guys. When you guys came out, you had the older groups. You had the Temptations. You had the Blue Magic. You had these people that are a little older than you guys. How did they receive you as being young guys doing similar to what they were doing in, in, in terms of those slow songs? And then who were your personal influences? Can you answer that? Okay, I'm going to answer it backwards. Okay. Right. I'm going to go with the groups first. All right. Uh, in terms of the groups that influenced us, right, and influenced our sound, we're talking the Delphonics, the moments, um, uh, Delphonics, the moments, and the main ingredient. Ah. And this is the main ingredient with Donald McPherson as their lead vocalist. Their first uh-huh. lead vocalist who did You've Been My Inspiration, Spinning Around, um, Black Seeds Keep On Growing. I'm so proud. That that guy. Oh, that's right. not Cuba. No, that's not Cuba Gooden. That was oh. Donald McPherson. He is had that the uh, same group that did Don't Want Me to Be don't don't want to be lonely. Just don't want to. That was the first major record when Cuba replaced right. Donald after he passed away unexpectedly. I think he was in his thirties. Wow. Right? And Donald McPherson passed away. Tony Sylvester and Luther Simmons were still together, and they needed somebody to replace Donald McPherson and Cuba Gooden. I think he was already working with them uh, as as a background musician or something like that. And right. they put him into the lead. And Cuba has one of those miraculous, fantastic voices mm-hmm. like Donald McPherson. But to answer your question, Donald McPherson was one of the groups that we followed. Okay. And um, in terms of what it was like to share stages with them, 
that was like the ultimate dream come true. Because imagine. now, now, even though like you're opening the show, there's five people, five acts on the show, six acts on the show. You're opening the show. Uh, we stayed to watch all the acts from backstage and so forth and so on, you know, to really get we stealing their moves. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, and oh, this is what the orchestra is doing and so forth and so on. Let's do that the next time we come out, right? So we was mad stealing shit. Um, but <laughs> but um, moreover, we were allowing their styles to influence us. Yes. Right guide us to what we wanted to be and what I look. Another uh, group that we were very close with was the Stair Steps. Oh. They would just, they would just fly from jump, right? And um, so, and also they were a young group like us, you know, from Chicago. So we gravitated to all of them. Now, in terms of my early influences, as I said, I come from a house that was split between classical and and the swing music uh, that Nat King Cole and Johnny Mathis and uh, Sarah Vaughn and Gloria Lynn, Gloria right? Lynn. that that type right. of music right now. That's what my mom's was playing, as well as classical stuff like Handel's Messiah and um, the aria from Madame Butterfly. And she's singing along wow. with that. Like, oh my goodness, oh Lord. Um, so <laughs> while dad is playing, um, Ola Tunji, Candido, the the uh, the Candido, uh, uh, Cal Jada, stuff like that, and uh, modern jazz quartet and so forth and so on. So I'm getting my jazz influence along with my classical influence, mm -hmm. along with the swing influence. In the meantime, Motown is coming up, ah. coming up with the Motown sound and all of that, right? And at the same time. Here comes the London invasion with the Beatles and the Stones and rock music comes. So all of these influences are coming in and I'm like trying to make sense of all of them. So whatever I do today and whatever I did then is a combination of all of these people. Mm. I feel interesting. interesting. Wow. Well, I see a little Stevie Wonder in you too, man. I, I, nah, I, yeah. <laughs> Wonder story. Right? Back in 19, 1972, 1972, Stevie came into the Apollo Theater for a week. That's when they, the acts used to do a full week at the Apollo Theater or the Uptown Theater, right? They do a whole week of shows, two shows a night, three shows on Saturday and Sunday, right? Stevie invited the group to his first matinee of the first day. And this is when Talking Book had just came out. Mm. My mom was already out and did his thing, right? But then he dropped Talking Book and that was killing it. Superstition was on Talking Book and it was, it was, that, it was, it was killing it. So we went there. Now I had already had mad Stevie Wonder albums in my house, practicing his stuff, right? For once in my life and Signed, sealed, delivered. I'm singing all this shit right now. So, so um, uh, he invited us to the show, and I, I'm like, wow. <laughs> struck. I'm just like stuck <laughs> or stupid, right? <laughs> this is the guy that I dreamed of meeting, the guy that I, I, I dreamed of just being in his presence, and he invited us, and here we are backstage with him. So the matinee was over. He did the matinee. He killed it, as you know. He mm -hmm. every show he do, he kills it, right? 
So I asked student Russell left, right? And I asked Stevie if I could come and, and stay with him, right? Mm-hmm. And so I stayed for the next two shows. Wow. Then I came back every day <laughs> for the next seven days. Okay. Right? <laughs> that's how deep, that's how hard I went in, right? Stevie uh, being the, the man that he <laughs> is and the mentor and, the, and, and, and just the humble person that he is, he actually took me in and began teaching me. Oh man! Right, wow. he taught me how to develop perfect pitch. Right? Ah, me a formula for perfect pitch. I said, "How can you know the notes when you can't see?" Right, he said, "This is how. Use your, <laughs> ears. Use your eyes, use your ears." Right, all these notes. There's only twelve notes in the scale, and if you memorize one of them and you know how to sing "Do Re Me," you got it. Right? Wow! Wow! So wow. I was like, okay. He also taught me how to play without having to look at the piano. I used to be like, (laughs) you know, and he taught me how to close my eyes and just feel where the keyboard is. Wow, man. Um, He also taught me the the importance of what you say with your music, all right? He said, your music gonna reach out to thousands of people, maybe millions of people. All right. Some of these people might be your kids or your grandkids. What do you want to say to them? What do you have to say to them? What do you want them to hear? What do you need them to know? All right. Are you putting good energy into the world or not? Wow. All right? If you're putting any other kind of energy in the world, you better have a damn good reason why. Wow. Right. Um, so these are the things that I learned over the course of a week of instruction from him. Right. Mm-hmm. And, of, and as a result, his influence is very prevalent in a lot of my work, both vocally and musically <clears throat> in terms of composition. wise you know, um, I'm not trying to be. Right. I mean, that would be foolish. All right. For anybody to try to be Stevie Wonder. <laughs> but if you can just get a little piece of his influence and his energy somewhere within your music, then you on the right path. That's, that's so, uh, and and I got more than a little piece. That, that's excellent. You know what? I saw you. I had the, I had the opportunity um, last mm-hmm. April to see you in a sound check, and this is the first time I actually saw you in a sound check. Mm-hmm. And um, I have to tell you, brother, I was impressed, man. You know, okay. I've uh, I've seen a lot of people, and I've seen a lot of musicians. My older brother's a musician. He's a percussionist. Played in a lot of sessions back in the days in the seventies, he knows Patrick, a lot of different people. His name is Gordon Jones. Yes. And, yes. Uh, uh, I watched you do the black ivory sound check. And I'm, I'm going to tell you something, brother, thank God for you, for them having you with this experience and knowledge that you have of the music. I know why you're the musical director for black ivory amongst other groups and, and things that you've touched and produced or what have you, because you know, every tune, you know, every note, you know what every musician should be playing. You know what don't sound right. You know, and I and I'm I'm always I always get impressed when I watch somebody that knows their music. If somebody's playing something wrong, it's your music. You're not accepting that. And I see that you wasn't accepting. I'm not accepting that. You got to play this. You got to play that. That doesn't sound right. Over here, horns. You need to do this. Keyboard. You need to do that. Drum. You need to hit this lick. Like that's impressive. It's a lot to keep together. I mean, yeah, want, yeah but you do it. 
My job is has has always been to make sure that all of the elements gel. And for whatever reason, God put it in me so that I understand how that all works. All right. From very early on, like I said, 15, 16, 17, Patrick turned the band over to me when I was at 17 years old because wow. I knew how to tell them, even though I didn't know how to play that well. I could I was a horrible player when I first started, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, three fingers on this hand, one finger on this hand, right? I was horrible, but I understood how to tell them what to play and where to, you know, and I could hear it. So um, um, that has always been invaluable to me in terms of my construction of music, my my direction of, of coming at it. And yeah, when I'm working with a band, right, I hear every single note. I know which ones are wrong, and I'm not trying to embarrass nobody or nothing like that, but our job as this performance group is to present correctly, right? right? And if I can help you do that, right, then I'm doing part of my job. That's part of my job, because it's not just for me to be out front, you know, looking good and everything's all right. The band back there is on some other, you know, crooked, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know you've experienced, you know, band yeah. less than, um, yeah. you know. So you know, you have to be stern and firm at the same time, nurturing, so that you're not putting nobody down and right. you're not trying to make. But if it's wrong, it's wrong. There's a way for you to tell them, do this, do that, do this, do that, and that was, you know, that's a job I've always been rather proud of to be able to do. That's and that's fun. why you've had longevity in your career, because there is a standard and there's a demand on excellence in regards to what you're creating and what you're maintaining. And I think that that's uh, one of the things that people must understand. If you are a musician or a singer, you have to create the standard of excellence and you do have to study under some people. Oh, and, yeah. and, and the thing is, is that even if you if you're a musician and you say you're not studying, then are you a musician? Like, how do you, how do you not listen to other people influences and try to, you know, say, oh, that sounds good. Let me figure out a way to kind of make that my own and whatnot. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to hear that you, first of all, you paid your dues by saying, say seven days, right? He was like, yeah. you, you was like, I'm not going to leave Stevie until he blessed me. <laughs> and, and the thing about it, his humility was so, he was always happy to see me always happy to, to, you know, every time I came, he was never tired of, he was never, he was never like, Oh my God, he's back. This kid, right. <laughs> you know, uh, and, and, um, he, one of the biggest things he presented to me was how to understand humility. Mm. Right. Wow. Now by then Stevie had signs, sealed, deliver fingertips. Up he big time. Right. Yeah. Stevie was, he was that, he was that brother, right? Now, so I'm like, bah, my eyes is like, wow, right? And he was like, man, take me off that pedestal. Uh, okay. He said, man, take me off that pedestal. I'm the same as you are. I'm just a person who loves music. Mm. And then he told me to bomb. Everything that I do, you can do. How about that? How about that? Like, wow. I looked at him like he was a fool. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what you smoking, Stevie? What you smoking? Wait, wait, do you know who you is? 
Well, you know who you are, right? Um, but he he just very calmly was like, everything that I've learned, everything that you've seen me accomplish, right? All of those things are in you. You just have to nurture yourself and believe and study and work hard in order for, but everything that I can do, you can do. But first you got to take me off that pedestal. And mm. for the rest of the week, when I went back to the Apollo to meet him, I never, he was never pet. I never, I pulled, I brought him down to where I was walking, right? And what, then I saw us walking together instead of him walking in the clouds and, and me walking on the earth. Right, 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 right. That is why I believe I was able to absorb his his mentoring and his teaching so well um, um, to do, you know, because he was just the most humble and down to earth guy I'd ever met to be the giant that he is. Wow, that's amazing, man. That's amazing. Wow, wow. Because that kind of took my other question. My, you know, my other question is always, <laughs> You know, who was the biggest influence or, you know, what was one of the most amazing things that happened in your career? So I know that was one of them. Is there another, is there something that happened in your career? I know there is. What is it that happened in your career that you said to yourself, wow, besides Stevie? Okay. Wow. So the wow moment of my career is meeting Patrick Adams, period. Okay. You know, I knew you were going to say that. Without question. The wild moment in my career is meeting Patrick Adams. Uh, you got a skinny little 14, 15 year old kid, right? With, you know, three fingers on one finger <laughs> playing, trying to sing and so forth and so on, you know, amongst hundreds of Harlem kids, hundreds of brilliant Harlem kids. And you take him on and you make him your project. And you do so by giving him what you have, mm. right? That's something that Patrick did. He would give me what I, he had. He would say, this is how to do it. Play this. Fingers work this way, all right? This is that chord. This is this chord, right? No, you can arrange strings, all right? You may have never done it, but you can do it, all right? Wow. Have strings in your head, right? So who's the most influential person in my life? And it's hard to believe that I would say more than Stevie is Patrick Adams. Wow. Wow. And he, he recently passed away. And mm -hmm. as you look back now and reflect, uh, you and I talked just prior to, you know, and LJ was, I think on that conversation where we knew he was right. getting sick and, mm -hmm. and it seemed inevitable. What is it that you sense now that he's looking back in, in retrospect, even though he obviously was the most influential uh, musician, artist, uh, and working with you? I had the pleasure of working with him and you were involved. Look, looking back, what's, how are you feeling about his uh, recent passing? Well, that's a profound question. I'll try to answer it as equally profound with equal profundity. Um, I'm a firm believer in the continuance of us as people after our bodies, our physical bodies are gone. What happens is our spirits ascend these bodies and they continue to exist in the rest of the universe. All right. Uh, or whatever your vision of heaven might be. That's where Patrick is, 
and and I can genuinely say with complete honesty that his spirit is absolutely still looking in on me, just like my mother's and my father's and my my dad's and all of that, uh, because that energy has not dissipated. It doesn't just live in me. It's existent in the universe. You just have to be sensitive enough to feel it and to touch it. All right. I mean, you hear so many stories about people talking about their granny and uh, visited them in their dream, and and this person came to them in 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 you know when they was walking down the street and they swore they saw you know somebody that passed on. Wow. Right. That's because the energy is still there. That being the case, or that being the the content of my belief. All right. Um, I, I I know that one of the things Patrick said to me before he was called to his ascension um, was that um, he absolutely believed in everything that I was doing. And he believed that I was on my way to becoming something even more than I've already been blessed to become. Um, and he left me with um, so much energy, you know, uh, and his service is coming up next Monday, uh, his homegoing service. And uh, I do plan on participating um, and, and at least speaking at the, at the service. I have been in touch with uh, Christine Wiltshire and Joy Sanchez, his daughter. Uh, and uh, uh, so I, it's, it's just like my mom's energy isn't gone and my father's energy isn't gone. People's energy don't go, all right? They don't go. You, Those energies are still here. You have to be sensitive enough to receive that and to feel that and to know that they're just as present as they were in their physical existence here, mm. all right? And that's what I choose to believe. It's a selective belief that, you know, I'm not claiming it for anybody else but myself. But... um. So to answer your question, Patrick's energy continues to watch over me and be my guiding force. Beautiful, brother. I like that. That's a beautiful, beautiful epitaph. That's nice, man. I like that. Makes sense, man. Wow. <laughs> Ooh, you know, took us. You know, took us for a moment here. We gotta. Ah, we gotta <laughs> take a moment right there. That's 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 uh, that's great, man. You got a you got a you got a good teacher, a good friend, a good yeah. brother. You know what I mean? And that's and I know he's truly missed, man. Now, I'm glad that I had the opportunity to to do a project with Patrick of which you were involved. And uh, I'm, I'm I'm glad that I, I got to be part of his history and 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 you and, and your participation. It was something that was it's something that was inevitable in, in my dance music history. Right. Leroy? I, think, I think that our time doing working on the Venus Dotson album, Venus is such a beautiful spirit and a wonderful soul um, and creating the song shining and where we headed and the night rider album was just, that's when me and Patrick had linked back up and we were right. doing our thing so forth and so on, start with freak and going on from there. And uh night rider came up. You were the ultimate supportive uh, record exec. You cared about everything that was coming in. We felt your support. We felt like we had you behind us. And that's what empowered us to do our best work. Um, so 
uh, uh, I, I can't thank you enough for the relationship that we've been able to have these many years and looking forward to um, a considerable future where we can continue to be so. Right, right. I'm, uh, I, I'm looking forward plug. to that myself. That was, that, was, that was a good plug. Right? I, was, I got that in there. I got that in there. Oh, Jay, did you catch that? Did you oh, catch I got that? it. I got it. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm taking it all in. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like looking at Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Well, you know, for, for me, that was, you know, the onside of my new deal with, uh, not to give my own plug, with Warner Brothers. And uh, this project came along. And, uh, you know, I was glad that it was part of my, initial entree of being involved with Warner Brothers that right after the change album and Gino Socio mm-hmm. and uh, uh, doing this project here and uh, Shining turned out to be a big underground hit. Yeah, yeah. Larry LeVan loved Shining and yeah. God bless his soul. T. Scott did a great remix on that. We were we talking about that the other day, right? Certainly, yeah, we were talking about it and it's very, it's a great record and um, um, I added it to my live performance this year overseas uh we added shining and and the audiences just go nuts did i see that on 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 social media i think i did yeah yeah i put it up on facebook i couldn't resist (laughs) (laughs) okay uh yeah just a little snippet Uh, but uh you know i've been blessed to have a wonderful i have a wonderful band from leon france uh who go by the name of saving coco nine musicians that are just the top and the pinnacle of excellent musicianship where they care about what they're playing and they make sure it sounds like it needs to sound. Um, so it, I've been working with them since 2016 and um, uh, we've been blessed to pretty much sell out everywhere we go. So Leroy, yeah. Leroy, tell the audience all about your private thing, what you're talking about right now. Be more specific. You're, you you go to Europe. You you you're doing your own thing. This is not a Black Ivory thing. No, no, Just, no. So explain that to the people, man. Well, one of the reasons I needed to step away from Black Ivory was to find out who Leroy Burgess is. Right. Right. Sometimes you can't be in a group and just there. You start to lose yourself and you become. Leroy of Black Ivory, Stewart of Black Ivory, Russell of Black Ivory. They don't see the person that is within that group. They start to just see the group. I needed to find out who I was, which is one of the motivations to me stepping away. Mm. All right. When I stepped away, I went back with my original mentor, Patrick Adams, and started to work my way and discover who I was <laughs> By first by playing and you know just being a session musician on 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 electric piano, um, and then being a session background vocalist and eventually writing songs, right? Um, through that, I, you know, I was like, anywhere anybody that really wanted to work with me, I'd be like, I'm down, mm-hmm. down. So when the Aleems came to me, when Greg Carmichael, when the Aleems came to me with the uh, with the Hooked on Your Love project. I was like, yes. When Greg Carmichael came to me with what became Conversion and Log, I was like, yes. When Salso came to me and asked me to do Inner Life, I was like, yes. When um, Fonda Ray came to me, I mean, Vanguard came to me and said, we have an artist named Fonda Ray. I was like, yes. Because 
my thing, what was coming to me in terms of musical energy was just do as much as you can. Wow. In that you can. And, and, you know, try to touch the world through, through my, through my own powers and through the powers of everybody else. Mm. You understand? So, um, um, same thing with Eddie Kendricks and the same thing with Rick James. Um, uh, these are people, you know, in terms of Eddie Kendricks, he's the original temptation. Right. One of the icons of he's, he's up there with Stevie in terms of iconic, right. you know, status, uh, and to be called in to do a song on his album and for that song to come out and then do very well, never used to dance. Um, uh, and then meet Eddie and he's such an affable person. He's so cool. He's just so smooth. Huh? You know, he's just so there. It's just those, these are the ultimate things that make it all worthwhile. And uh, finally to close that, that, that thought, um, these shows that I do today, particularly overseas, my audiences, if you find a 40 year old in the audience, you're doing good mm. right? because these are all 20 and up kids. Wow. I, oh. I call them 20 and up kids. Okay. Because, you know, and, 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 um, people that in Europe that I've never met, I've never had any idea that they, they were even there. They come out in droves and they know every single word of every uh, single song mainline they sing it's like their own you know uh <laughs> you know let's do it they sing just like unbelievable they, yes you know <laughs> and and i look at them and i'm like you know i you know i have my I get my little drink on after the show with them and all of that and these are young folks right and it lets me know that you know uh music that i've worked on some of this music is 40 50 years old you know and they, they're like, yeah, that's still my song. That's my song. I'm teaching my kids that song. And I'm like, but that's why you do it. That's the whole wow. point. If, you, if you're lucky enough to do music and, and it has a shelf life on it, right? Um, and, 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 or it has no shelf life on it. Great music is timeless, all right? You can listen to a song from back in the 40s and it can still move you to tears, all right? You can listen to a song from the 60s and it can still make you dance and make you jump. You understand? When you have that kind of timelessness, that's what the goal of every musician should be. All right? And it certainly was my goal. And I'm still working on accomplishing it. I'm, I'm doing okay, I think. <laughs> More than so okay. So they say music has no expiration date, correct? Music shouldn't have an expiration date if it's good music. As long as it's good music, Right, it doesn't die now. There's not everything ain't good. No, I understand that. I understand that. There's some stuff, that, you know. I listen to I listen to mainline in terms of timeless classic dances, mm -hmm. and that falls into that category. Of course, there are other records that I feel the same way. Dr. Bazaar's Savannah Band, that album was yeah. iconic. That, okay. that I worked. I think the Change album with Luther was iconic. So yeah. I get your point, but it sounds to me in Europe, from what you're telling me, that the, the music transcends age uh, in right. Europe, correct? Well, first of all, I want to say this. Europe is not as age-focused right. as okay. America is. Right. America is very much youth oriented. If you're not young, then you're often dismissed over here. All right. 
You understand? All right. Uh, or you you get that status that, you know, legend status where they you're a legend, but be over there being a legend. Right. <laughs> um, in in um, Europe, right, all they want is good music. It doesn't matter how old you are. You could be old grandpa. If you come out and you do a great show in your 80s, they're going to love you because you uh, just gave them a great show. It good. doesn't matter. That's why you see the Rolling Stones still killing it. Paul right. McCartney still right. killing it, all right? Selling out wherever they because it's not about age, all right? But here, all right, you get in, you get to be in your 40s and you're an artist. You're done. Right? What is everybody saying? What's all the companies saying to you? Yeah, you're too old. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I can do you, know, you might be a little over the hill. And that may be a genius artist that has so much important stuff to say to the world, and they're just being dismissed simply because they're they've arrived at that particular age. That's I true. think that's idiotic. I think that's anti, you know, it's it's not progressive. Over in Europe, it doesn't matter how old you are. If you're doing good music, we here for the good. We here for the good music, mm -hmm. right? And if that's what you're giving, and you could be as old as you want to be, right? You come over here and you play it right, and you do it right, we'll be calling you back. That's right. Sure, that's right? what it should and be. That's, that's that's something that I would like to see happen more here in the United States, uh, uh, and uh for us not to be so youth oriented because, you know, just think about it. You guys got a record company and y'all think about the artists that y'all are dealing with. All right. Y'all generally, uh, you know, I mean, y'all are forced. Y'all have a great amount of foresight, you know, so y'all know what's good and y'all are hiring what's good. Like, like brother Peter Wayne, mm -hmm. right. You understand, but generally around most record companies, they're like, Oh no, they're not in their twenties. But right. they, 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 they in their 30s or 40s. If they in their 40s, that oh, that's an automatic. Yeah, right. Automatic. Right yeah, that's that? automatic. You are uh, right. you old for it, so forth and so And don't even come if you're in your 50s and 60s. Don't come. Don't, don't right. even come to the door. But the whole thing is these artists may have much to offer right. in terms of what they have to share with the world. And you're denying them that opportunity by virtue of the fact that they're old and elder artists. Yeah, that's yeah. A, you make and a That's interesting that you say that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, LJ and I spoke about this. We, we I don't know if I want to necessarily, well, I don't want to tell tales out of school, but uh, there was a particular programmer who programs a major station, mm -hmm. uh, uh, urban station, mm -hmm. and he was telling me about a song I was uh, dealing with and we were promoting mm -hmm. at RMC Fresh. And we were very excited about the record. LJ knows what record I'm talking about. And the program, the programmer said, oh, well, I'm into uh, now hip hop and uh, uh, new R&B. And mm. this record here sounds a little too old school. So immediately he's putting it in a demographic and in a category discounting the potential that this record may have exactly. because it's old school. But right. in reality, the old school is the new school. And the new school is the old school. Beyonce is doing house music right now. You know what I'm saying? We exactly. didn't need her. We didn't need her to say that house music is alive. Don't get me started. 
Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm get started. Get started. Yeah, get started. And if I could, and if I could just add to that, to say that you know we have a lot of groups that are tapping in. They're doing what the, the, the train. I'm just blanked out on the song, but the gist of it is that if you have good quality music that has a good sound, that has a good energy, I agree with you. There mm. should be no reason why there should be ageism or sexism. And I, I, I dare to even say this, they want to create Barbie Ken type of uh, musicians, but the real musicians don't look like Barbie and Ken's. They mm. look like, they look like Bertha and Peter they Wayne. Like real people. <laughs> they're, they're, they're your brother from the block. Yeah. The yes. from over there, you understand? And it, it, it really doesn't matter. One thing that you mentioned, Ray, yeah. about um, uh, just the whole fact that uh, they're, they're just so youth-oriented, right? And you mentioned, uh, I think Sister mentioned about Beyonce. We didn't need Beyonce to save house music. House music ain't go nowhere. Right. You understand? House music didn't do nothing. She certainly didn't save it. She's right. She's accessing <laughs> it and using it to further her, That's her right. roles. And That's her right, career. brother. That's right. But Preach it's not it. the other way around. Talk it's not like it. Beyonce saved house music. There's too many people um, who are doing house music regularly. Yeah, you know I, I did so, a post on Facebook and I read an article that was written uh, I happen to know the journalist and the, the, the headline of the article is that Beyonce saves house music. So I put the article uh, article on Facebook and, and I put a big thing about Beyonce saving house. Music. You know, the comments were crazy. Everybody oh. uh, tore Beyonce apart by saying we don't <laughs> need her. We've been doing house forever. You know, what right. I'm Right. There's a whole club. There's a whole tribe. I used to go, um, Miami would have a winter music uh, conference and I would go every year for several years. And when I tell you the house heads would be out there in full effect, the house heads were out there in full effect. And, you know, there is a difference. There's Chicago house, there's Jersey house, there's all. And you're thinking that their subtleties uh, are, are not real, but they are. Uh, and, and the thing is, is that this is the thing. Everybody wants to claim the music right when it's good but claiming the mega like of the music when there's legacy attached to it takes time when you're seasoning something you don't just throw the flavor up in there you have to you know let it marinate yeah, and right. i'm so glad that we have a musician like you mr burgess that that allowed the music to marinate not just in your spirit not just in your energy but in, in your approach to life i especially like when you said that energy doesn't you know die i'm paraphrasing what you said and i agree with that and i agree that um your energy is quite awesome and amazing and i'm really glad that i had the opportunity to sit and like listen to you and uh you said you're 69 years old right yeah okay ladies you can't see him because you know <laughs> i gotta give i gotta give the 411 the 311 and the 211 i gotta give my before <laughs> this man looks really good for 69 i don't know what's going on they talk about black don't crack but i don't know what lotion what moisturizer what cream <laughs> what ivory what what black ivory soap you are using but it is working <laughs> you threw in the black ivory thing <laughs> that was good that was good thank you by the way just to take i just want to make one more point if i yeah. may uh i think ray you said that um old school is new school mm. okay yes look at, the, look at the music that's doing the best 
in terms of sales. Yes. Right. Everybody, Bruno <laughs> and everybody like that, everybody, yes. is, they're looking at the 80s. They're looking at the 70s. They're looking at all of the stuff that comes from back in the days when we was, when we, like you and me, Ray, when we were like in our 20s and 30s, and we was bopping like this is the best stuff. And now Bruno Mars and, and Silk Sonic are creating exactly that. Exactly. Great orchestrations, great chord changes, great vocals being done. Arrangements, unbelievable. Wait, 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 back up. They're not creating, they're duplicating. They're not creating anything. <laughs> and, and, and it's only because they're smart enough Right. You know that, all right, if I'm going to do music, let me do music for real. Let me not throw a beatbox on and throw a sam sample a record and put that together and then start singing on that. Let me learn right. how to create a song. I have a song in my heart. I want to write it. What do I need to do to do that? All because right? creating music is more than just 808 beats. <laughs> I mean, you know, what happens when you pull out the plug? Oh, oh, talk about they it. They all gone. They all gone, all right? All right? But then you got that older guy that's going to walk up to that acoustic piano and somebody that's going to, older guy that's going to pick up an acoustic guitar and just sing to the audience without no mic, right? That's what I'm talking about, mm -hmm. right? The old school is absolutely the new school, and it's about time they caught up. Yeah. Hello, somebody. <laughs> yeah, well, what Beyonce is doing is a good marketing tool. Absolutely. The That's reality is. Is, is the house music has been here for a long time, but she's smart enough to give her credit from a marketing point of view. She knows that the young people or younger people aren't 30s, aware 40s, are not aware of house music so they hear this and they go oh this is house music well we love it and, and, and it's a new it, it's, it's like new... madonna saved disco come on <laughs> but beyonce saved house music what yeah you know yeah. You, i mean come on come on Mary j blige did a couple of uh disco dance songs too right lj then you talk about yeah. um martha was what happened to her mm. all right she she's still doing her. Dawn Tormund, Queen oh, of Queen of Dawn Tormund is my girlfriend. Right. So yes, you were saying it correctly. Right. That is my Don't friend. Want. Don't <laughs> play with me about this. All right, let's keep the record straight. All right, <laughs> wait a minute, Susu Bobian. Yes, let's talk and about it. Why These is my Barbara friends. Tucker? Why is Barbara, Barbara Tucker, Tucker? Not a, yes, not, not a superstar. You better say it. And they yeah. love her, and you know they love her in Europe. They I just saw her. I just saw her in a in a show in a radio show in Paris. They're treating her like a the second coming, you know. Yeah, that's what's up. But this but is the old, thing. Old if you but this is the thing. Everything has a cycle, and I just learned something just from listening to you. You stay true to who you are, and if you get out of hand and you forget who you are, you separate yourself, and you do what you feel is the best thing to do for you musically, creatively, energetically, so that you can become the best person. And then everybody else will catch up to it. Everybody else will catch up to it in due time, right? Get it when you're ready to get it. Right. My job and, and the job of musicians out there is to put the energy out there, to, to put it out there and leave it to people's imagination. Yep. When people allow their imaginations to engage, they find themselves being at their most creative. 
Mm -hmm. right? When you're not allowing the world to tell you and to put you in a box. Go ahead now, go ahead now. You're not allowing the world to put you, because that's what the world try to do, put you in a box, mm -hmm. right? You need to be this, you're this, you're that, you're this, you're that. When you tell the world, no, I'm not, I'm going to tell you what I am, and then y'all better catch up. Hey. There you go. There you go. Right? So that's the way I approach everything. That's the way I approach life. Don't try to put me in the box because I'm going to kick out the sides. <laughs> now, listen, y'all. Listen, y'all. We'd be remiss if 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 we didn't have Leroy. Uh, he has a new record out, y'all. I mean, let's get to that because because we're here not only for that, but we're here. We definitely must talk about this new record. He's done a lot of new records, but this is the newest one. If I'm not mistaken, it's called Somewhere. Is that correct, Leroy? Yeah, Somewhere. It is, it is it's not exactly new. It's, it's, oh, it's not exactly okay. okay. Well, this is what. Tell us about Somewhere and how that works. Okay. First of all, Somewhere is the classic song from West Side Story. Oh, okay. Okay. Right? It's the classic song from West Side Story. And, and, and this is a great story for it. Patrick Adams, uh, back in March of 2021, uh, we were watching the Academy Awards and we saw the new West Side Story come up. And Patrick called me up and said, uh, what do you think about doing somewhere as a dance record? Mm. Right. And I said, you're out of your mind. <laughs> I said, what are you, you can't be smoking because you're in a hospital. So what, what the hell is going on? And he said, no, it would be, uh, it would be interesting to see what you would do. So, and then he left me to my own devices. And um, the first thing I did was I developed a concept that was like outside of the love song, the Tony and Maria love song. Mm. Outside of that, right? And I started to look at Black people, right? Through, uh, black Americans specifically, mm. right? And asking the question, where is our somewhere? Mm. Right? Ah. There's a place for us somewhere, but where is our somewhere, <laughs> right? And that was a great direction for me to come at it with, right? Then you already mentioned it, Ray. I went with a Dr. Buzzard, Savannah Band type of beat. Right. Right? I went straight there and decided to go with that in terms of where and how to orchestrate it. Then I called in my sister, Miss Don Tallman, the queen, <laughs> to duet it with me. Right. Along with one of the artists on my company, Tyrone Williams, right, to help me out with the background. And that's how we came up with the first song from my new album, These Days, which is all about the days in which we're living. Hmm. Right? The times in which we're living, where we have to face COVID, we have to face all of this war, all of this tyranny, the problems with the economy problems with brutality, the problems with all of this division. This is what these days is all about. And somewhere in the way that I configured it fits right into that because now you're asking, well, somewhere there's a place for us. Where is it? All right, well, it's right here right now, Leroy. Let's listen to it. <laughs> Can you hear it? 
somewhere, Mr. Leroy Burgess. It's a new album, y'all.
somewhere. That's, that's, that's tight. Oh, man, I was ready to get my house on, man. I, was, yeah. <laughs> I can hear the Savannah band influence, that, that uh, the, horn, the horn there and the, mm-hmm. and the backbeat. And Dawn, is that Dawn? That that's is Dawn Tomlin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. House Not, energy. <laughs> and the, the building of it. And I'm, I'm sitting here, and I'm going to be honest with you. I have tears in my eyes. Wow. That song was unbelievable. Thank you. It, I relate to it right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah. I hear your voice cracking, Ray. <laughs> Pass him some t- tissue, Tito. Well, <laughs> let me you just know, say- for what I'm feeling <laughs> lately, lately. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, brother. Express yourself, man. Go ahead, Ray. We keep it real. Um, yeah, Go thank you. Go ahead, Ray. I, I can't talk right now. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. That, and that's what music is supposed to do. Let me tell you, I heard Broadway. I heard a soundtrack. I heard um, a, a play. I heard a, a television theme. I heard a movie theme. I heard all of that encompassing in all of the song. I heard church in there. I heard gospel. Why uh, uh, did I hear gospel? I heard... It, it, the, the ministry of the song is powerful. And I know it's not a, a, a new song, as you would say, but it's a definitely a new, it, it, it has that energy that lets us know that you're here. And thank you for sharing it. We got thank you, Leroy. You. We got you. Your mic thank is working, you. Leroy. Yeah. Yeah. Leroy. yeah. I'm just saying wow. that if anybody who's going through a yeah. transition period, mm-hmm. and they, want, they want to know where that somewhere is, you'll find it. Yes, sir. And uh, I thank you all for sharing that. Uh, I'm I'm very, very close to this project. And um, when I first finished it, I I, I broke down and just broke me completely down because um, somewhere was one of the favorite songs by of my mother by Barbara Streisand and Johnny Mathis. Um, It was a favorite song. It was one of the favorite songs. It's one of my favorite songs. And to be able to realize it in a way that still reaches people, that still touches people, and people can take it and 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 develop their own meaning from it. Um, that's important to me. That's uh that's everything that I do music for. That's every reason why I exist in music. And praise God. Uh, it came out last September uh, this year, um, September 2021, and uh, it's part. It's the first cut on the, on the new album these days, and uh, I'm very proud of it, and I'm proud of my team, and I'm grateful for it. Grateful for everybody. Excellent, brother. Yeah, I'm, Excellent. I'm I'm breaking up a little bit too because so, uh, so good, so good. It's it's it's, it's uh, music is emotional for me. It's it's. It always has been. It always will be. Uh, it's it's my means of letting the world hear what my soul is saying. Mm. You know, yeah. and um, yeah. um, so uh, it's my honor to do it. I mean, Bernstein and Steven Sondheim. I mean, West Side Story is one of the greatest movies of all time. It's just this. It's just in everybody's spirit. Right. So to be able to create something from that soundtrack uh, and have it mean what it means to people now is just incredible. You know what? You know what, brother? Timeless. Yes. 
I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you this because I'm a, I'm a real brother, man. And I keep it up 100. Mm. Your greatness hasn't even been reached yet. Mm. You have so much more in you. And I'm, I'm going to keep it, I'm going to keep it a buck. I'm not blowing smoke up your ass because I don't do that. You know, greatness. Patrick said the same thing. Yeah. That, that was the last yeah. thing that Patrick said yeah. to me. That yeah. You've got some hills to climb, man, to, to, yeah. to get to where you're supposed to be. And one of the things that I heard from what I just listened to yeah. is the arrangement. Your mm. arrangements. Unbelievable. Your arrangements. And this is why I called you from the beginning on this other project that we're about to work on with you. Yeah. The arrangements. I'm a music guy. I'm a low key on the on the on the, on the low key tip, but yeah, I know yeah. what I'm doing. Trust me when I tell you. Ray will tell you. Everybody know Ray Caviano, but you, but don't sleep on me. You feel me? Mm, but I, I know you. what I know, and I know also who to go get when I know I need to get it. And mm. I listen to your arrangements, and I know what I hear in my head as you do as a producer, a musician. All of you are talented people. Everybody on this on this on this radio show tonight Ray Caviano Leroy Burgess Patricia Consuelo Pope Tattletale who is a comedian professional and myself who is people think I'm just a promoter but let me explain something to you I've been in the music game in terms of the love of music all my life all my life my older brother taught us music when we were kids I played instruments I played in orchestras I was in a group coming up as a young kid, you know, so this is not something that I just decided to do. I want to go promote some shows. No, it's in my blood the same way it's in yours. So I understand the passion. And Ray and I have been partners for 25 years, 25 years, man. And uh, he doesn't even know how great he is. And yeah. I've told him on, on many occasions. So I'm sitting here with two icons and both of you guys have from the same era Y'all, y'all, hats off and salute to both of y'all, man. For real, for real. Respect. Well, I've worked with LJ in the studio, and we work together well. We, when we're listening to something, we can, and we're talking to the engineer. We're on point, and we can hear it in our heads and whatever. And he's the one that, uh, when we met, that I did, was I kind of wanted to not be back into the music business. You know that feeling of I don't want to go back and. And, yeah. you know, it's competitive and I'm, I'm tired and blah, blah, blah. And mm -hmm. he said, stop hiding. Come out of the rafters. And that's how we relaunched. We always had the RFC imprint. It's been with a lot of different labels. And then that's what created the RFC Fresh label. You know, I mean, I've been in the business for well over 40 years, even longer than that. And, and my personal story in this business has always been about the beauty and the integrity of a good song. You know, Thank and you. as a record executive, I worked with London, TK, Atlantic, and my my own label, uh, uh, RFC. But I'm I'm really grateful and humble, and appreciate the positive reception of the relaunch of the RFC label with LJ with RFC Records. You know, my passion and my commitment and love for the music is just as strong as it was when I was managing groups as a young teenager, mm -hmm. as you will identify in Harlem when you were 15, Leroy. Yeah. And I want to express my gratitude to everybody for all the support that LJ has given me that has allowed me, you know, the freedom to, to continue on with my incredible musical journey. God is not done with you yet. Hey, God is not done with you yet. All right. And he's not done with me yet. So I'm just here doing what he want me to do. That's right. Praise and, God. So, so Leroy, and, 
Yeah. LJ, I want to thank you for helping me be the, help me, uh, you know, expedite that journey. You know, uh, the RFC label goes on with RFC Fresh, but it's part of that, that tradition, you know? You know, it's, 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 it's funny how you meet people, you know, me and this gentleman is totally from, I'm from the Bronx, he's from the Low East Side. And it's a whole story. We'll get into all of that. <laughs> yeah, just, we're, we're really over time now. We, we need to do a sequel yeah. to this show. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Leo, we need to bring you back, man. Your story hasn't even fully been told yet because I got a whole lot of other questions. But I do want to ask yeah. you this. Yeah. I do want to ask you this. You have the new project. Um, where can people find it? How can people contact you, find your social media? Can you give out that information? Okay, that's, uh, yeah, thank you, uh, first of all. And thank you, Ray. Uh, thank y'all for the platform and, and the opportunity to uh, share something of myself uh, on your in your platform. I'm really grateful for that. Uh, the new album is called These Days, Leroy Burgess, and uh, it's on Burgess Entertainment uh, Recordings Pros International. It's a long name for a company, but I don't care. <laughs> um, uh, uh, it will be. Uh, for sale and available on all digital platforms uh, uh, either September 2nd or September 3rd. Uh, I might even wait until the 5th because that's a Monday, right? And and September 2nd is a Friday, but we might not get completely ingested into the digital system. You know, it takes about 10 days, right? You already know. And even longer sometimes, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, uh, the release date is is either the second or the fifth of um of uh September, and that's when the whole album drops. Eight brand new tunes. Somewhere is on there. There's six more tunes on there. I mean, seven more tunes on there. Uh, this is my first full album in uh twelve years. The last album I did on my own name. The last album I did under my own name was Throwback Volume Two. Sugar Hill, and um, uh, I'm very proud of this. This is a, a a labor of love. I get a chance to talk to the world about what's going on in the world, uh, and I'm just very proud of it. And I thank y'all for the opportunity to share a little bit of it with you. So if it's okay with the team, LJ, that maybe we can come back and do a, a listening session I'd of the new album. Absolutely. I'd, Let's do that. Love. Let's yes. do that. And then also... Let's when when you put it on social media, Fresh Entertainment will will share it everywhere. We'll get yeah. behind it and push this in all the platforms. We have 19 pages, brother, and I want to put them on each and every page, man. Thank you so much. God bless you. On. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, you. And I, I feel like this. I'll be I'm just going to put it out there. Mm -hmm. This is the beginning for us, Les and Ray. Absolutely. Um, this is the beginning for a, a whole new thing that we're supposed to be doing mm -hmm. and, and and energy that God is putting in us into us to do. It's important, it's meaningful, the world needs to hear it. It's time for the world to hear it and the world is ready for it. Absolutely. Right now. Absolutely. So I look forward to uh, continued blessings with, uh, with all of us working together and uh, just as God would have it. One last thing I would like to say to everybody out there, um uh two days three days ago i had my um 69th birthday i didn't know that i would make it to this wow. uh and, and just uh the love that people have shown me uh these many years is just 
it's it's impossible to put into words, just impossible. So I'm not even gonna try. Wow. Right. All I can say is that um I I receive it for the blessing that it is with gratitude in my heart and with thanks and with full knowledge that it's my responsibility to do to always do my best and to try to give my best, you know, with what God has placed inside of me. So um God bless you. Thank you, everybody. I love you all. God bless each and every one of your days, each and every one of your moments. God bless you and stay with him. Thank you. Thank you, brother. And we're going to go out on this note, man. It's, you know, you've been a a, a fabulous, not, not just a, 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 an informative, but a fabulous guest, man. And your energy brother is, (laughs) is, 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 is all that, man. And that's important, man. If, if I say anything about Leroy Burgess, he brings that energy, man, and that positivity. And I and I love that, man. And I love that. So thank you for that, man. And on that note, this is the Let's Boogie Show one-on-one right here on WPVT. One-on-one-five. And we're going to go out just like this. Black Ivory's first sit is called Don't Turn Around. What a show, y'all. What a show. Thank you, Leroy. Thank you, guys. Leroy Burgess. God bless you
the fever. Fever 101.5. Another episode of the Let's Man Show right here on Fever 101.5. Special guest, Mr. Leroy Burgess. His new single, his new, his new project. Get it on all social media platforms, dropping around September 15. And we'll have other special guests. Lilo Thomas sing along. If you just want to sit there, relax, and take it all in, do that. Be some blessings. This one is for you. Good night. Good night. Stay with us. Don't.